There is no Godcast. The official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. And now, here's your host, Noah Bush. What's up, all you non-believers, and welcome back to There Is No Godcast, the only show where I can drink live on the air and nobody really cares. Um, joined today, we've we're, twice in a row, This is we're going to do a guest host wire to wire because it worked out so nicely last time. We're also going to be making uh, Ting history because, well, I mean, I, this is we've only done seven episodes, so I guess really every episode there's going to be a first of some kind or another. But this is our first repeat guest. Welcome back to the show, Doug Ferguson. Welcome back. Yes, I only came back because you said that we'd be drinking while we're doing the show. So I was like, all <laughs> yes. right, I guess I, can, I guess I'm on board. Well, I think if we're gonna rewind from like nine and a half minutes ago when we decided to do this, you were like, uh, because we talked about last night you coming back on the show. I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't able to work out a guest for this week. I have a kind of a list of people. But there was one or two people who I was kind of working on for this week, and just neither of them worked out for scheduling reasons. So you and I were chatting, what, like yesterday? And I was like, hey, you want to come on the show? And you were like, hell, sure, why not? And then you messaged me like 20 minutes ago, and you're like, hey, I'm almost almost home. You're like, I've been drinking. Is that okay? And I was like, I'll I'll go get some drinks too, and we'll have a party tonight, and we'll talk about atheism. How how are you feeling, Doug? I'm feeling great. Yeah, that was what happened. So I had gotten a little behind on listening to the last couple episodes. So I had missed the mini episode, and then I had missed the episode after that. And so like I needed to catch up, and then once I caught up, I had some things to talk about. And there's been a lot of things that I just feel like would be a good opportunity, and we can just talk about all of it. So Right, right. This would, I mean, yeah, coming back on the show would be the appropriate place to talk about having been on the show. <laughs> it seems like it makes right. sense to me. Um, I mean, you, you got to tell me, though, like, your life clearly must have changed dramatically. Like, I'm sure people are coming up to you on the streets. <laughs> I'm sure people are recognizing you and like, hey, are you the guy who was on There Is No Godcast? I- I'm sure you're just getting hounded incessantly because of all the intention that you must be getting. Yes, the notoriety is just, you know, just going crazy because of such exposure that we've had. But no, um, since the last time we talked, I uh, have, it, well, actually, in the past week, I can't say that it happened too long ago, but I did reach out to the Detroit Atheist Group, and they are oh. having a get-together um, this Tuesday at Logan Steakhouse, because quite clearly, where else do you go to talk about... Um, the non-existence of God besides Logan Steakhouse. But um, I am planning on going to that. And hopefully, you know, I can bring to light and kind of maybe we can sort of build some sort of partnership between the two things and everybody that's in this community. So I am going to get more involved with my local um, atheist group as well. And that's part of the, you know, what I want to continue to go forward. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And that's on uh, this Tuesday. 
That's that's fantastic. And obviously, I'm being completely tongue-in-cheek about any attention either one of us gets from this show, which is really, like, the only people who probably know about the fact that you and I are both on this show are people who you and I, like, did theater with, you know, back back in Tecumseh. But, um, you know, we're working on that. Like, that's great to hear in all seriousness that, you know, you having been on the show was maybe like a launching point for you to kind of get more proactive about being involved in the atheist community. Um, you know, and if, if they hear about the show, and then maybe if you make some contacts over there, maybe some of them can come on the show and you know we want to we want to get this uh, out there we want to spread this out there which actually is an interesting uh, segue point for me to mention and remind our listeners that I am going to be at the American Atheists National Convention uh, we mentioned this at the end of last show Doug I'm not sure if you're caught up um, through through yes. last week's show but yeah we're going to be um, Daniel uh, Troy and myself we're going to be at the American Atheists National Convention it's coming up uh, this coming I think it's essentially Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm going to be out there Thursday night because there's some pre-conference uh, shenanigans going on that I want to be there for. Um, but if anyone is listening to this just on the off chance that they're going to be at the convention or, or want to make it a point to come to the convention, I'll be there. We'll have a table. NIA is going to have a presence. I'm going to be there um, kind of pimping the show. Um, so, yeah, we, we're definitely working on getting the word out there. And, Doug, thanks for doing your part. Uh, I loved your episode, man. I thought it went really well. H- how do you feel about it, listening back to it now in retrospect? Yeah, so it was great. And, um, I, you know, I shared a couple of experiences that I had of people reaching out to me uh, with you, just very briefly, but for the general audience as well. You know, I feel that it gave me a voice in order to tell my story and in the proper platform. And it made me, you know, more aware of the need to be more present and to be that um, sort of good representation of the things that I believe in. So, you know, especially as I talked about obviously coming out and I, you know, I had built my identity that I wanted to be a good representation of what it is to be a strong gay man and then now, you know, I'm transforming that even further and I, I want to, you know, establish more aspects of my identity. And as we talked about the visualization things and the tolerance scale and things, but yeah, so I am fully on board. I want to be a good representation of what it is to be an atheist. And I've gotten really good responses from people that have listened to the show, people that I hadn't talked to since high school that said, really? yeah, you know, I grew up in that same environment. I know what you're talking about. And... It was really refreshing to hear, you know, how you evolved and got into your, you know, situation and your identity because I can relate to that. So hearing from other people and, you know, I I think I think I messaged you, though, I was like. Noah, it's working. Like what we're trying, yes. what you're trying to do, <laughs> it's it's working. We are reaching people. We are getting people to hear messages and relate to the things that we're saying. And I I, I feel like that's the ultimate goal. Not to speak on your podcast, but like I feel like that's the ultimate goal, right? That we can relate to the messages and that we can have some sort of camaraderie in. Yes, I have those feelings. It's nice to know that other people have those same feelings. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and it's helpful to get that type of affirmation from other people. Like I I believe very strongly in what I'm doing and I'm glad to hear that you're confident in what you're doing. But sometimes, frankly, it just really helps for someone else to say it, to be like, hey, I, I listened to this and it really meant something to me. And, you know, and I'm very aware um, but in two separate senses that just any show, any because po- there's, so, I mean, everyone and their dead cat has a podcast now. So like, I'm very aware that it's, <laughs> it's hard to just kind of create a podcast, which anyone literally with a computer, a microphone and an internet connection can do. 
Um, so it's hard to just kind of cultivate an audience overnight. Um, and then on the second topic, just the fact that atheism is already kind of a topic that does not taste very well going down to people who aren't interested in it. And then among the people who are interested in it, there's already a lot of options. Like, I'm not I'm not naive. Like, it's a kind of a saturated topic right now. You know, there are a lot of atheist shows out there. We're not the only people doing this, um, not by a long shot. So, you know, I guess to bring that all back around, I've gotten kind of discouraged a couple times, and I've referenced it on the show, that like, you know, the audience isn't growing quite the way I had hoped, or that I kind of start to feel like, well, what am I doing this for? Like, is it really just my Facebook friends listening to it? But like, you know, you've told me that people who I've never met, people who I, you know, have, have no earthly idea who they are, other than the fact that they've listened uh, to you on this show, have, have given you a lot of positive feedback on your episode. Um, I've been reached out to, uh, Troy has been reached out to, he actually sent me a really, really nice email, um, that a graduate student sent him. And I, I won't give any more specifics than that because it's never our intention to out anybody. Um, but she basically just said like, Hey, you know, I think just kind of conflating NIA and the show as being the same thing, which in a lot of senses they are, um, but sent Troy a very nice email saying like, Hey, I discovered the show and I recently moved to this area for graduate school. And long story short, a lot of her contemporaries at her program just are very, very religious, and she feels very kind of out of place, and she discovered the show. She discovered NIA, and she discovered the show, and I'm like, hey, this isn't someone who I was already Facebook friends with. Like, that's really that's really cool to hear, you know, and it kind of it kind of gave me a little bit of a juice, you know, to, to get back out here and, and keep doing the show, because it, it does make a difference, and the longer we keep doing this, the more difference hopefully it'll make. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. And I feel like you're going to go to this convention, too, and obviously promote the show, promote, you know, NIA, and so all of those things. And I feel like it's difficult. It's going to be difficult for any, like, as you said, as saturated as the podcast market is just in general, it'll get there. I, I honestly believe that because I believe in the message. I believe in, you know, the presentation of it. I think we're going about it the correct way. Um, especially you going about it the correct way. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the things that come and keep on keeping on. I appreciate that, Doug. And I'm, I'm really glad to have you back on. It was almost sort of, um, um, you know, a lot of atheists don't tend to believe in, you know, La Forza Il Destino and things like that, the power of fate, but it really was kind of, uh, not totally happenstance that you just happened to message me. Like we don't talk every day. I wouldn't even say that most weeks we talk at all any given week, um, we're in contact regularly enough, but the fact that you had been on the show, um, the fact, and I'm not casting any, you know, shade at any of my other guests because every interview I've done has been a blast, but you and I have been friends like forever, like compared to a lot of the other people who've been on the show, you and I just kind of have that rapport, um, that it takes, you know, being friends for, for tens of and decades of years to, to really establish. And you just happened to message me literally as I was sitting there thinking like, man, what am I going to do for the show this week? Like neither of the guests that I was working on, you know, qu quite worked out. I guess I'll just do another mini episode by myself and hopefully, you know, people will take that. But you messaged me and I was like, oh my, oh my God, it was meant to be. Maybe I do believe in God after all. No, no, maybe, maybe it's just a coincidence that Doug messaged me, but it was a very yes. fortunate coincidence. And I'm really happy to have you yes. back on. I am happy to be here. And I guess to maybe we can segue into, um, you know, the thoughts that I originally presented to you. So going off of the mini episode, right? Yeah, because I have your, I have your, I have your, um, your, your statements. Because that was what you messaged me about in the first place was that you yes. had just listened to the mini episode. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes. So I was sitting there in my 
vehicle because right now I'm still working in Toledo, only two more weeks, but I have an hour and a half each way drive. So I'm listening to a lot of things. Speaking of saturated podcast markets. Um, but so they, those actually appeal to me quite a bit right now. But, right. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, so like in fairness, listening. like, cause I probably should plug my dead cats podcast. Like, have you checked that out too? I have not. I, I, I need to. Well, so yeah. I, I guess I'll I'll put that on the list. Okay. Because <laughs> I I I just listen to whatever. But anyways, um, so I was listening to the mini episode, and you were just talking about you know how you have this moment of reflection, right, where you really realize that you have all the fulfillment that you could crave in this world, right? That you have the things that you want and you have the happiness and yes obviously we all struggle and go through things um and there's down days and bad days but i was sitting there having just recently turned 30 years old which was a moment of reflection for my own self and i had gone through these similar thoughts of i have a good career i have a very supportive family And I have a wonderful group of friends that gives me the social and the, you know, validation aspects and everything that I want from a fulfillment factor. And I just kind of juxtaposed it against, you know, if there was any listener being like, oh, Noah, you know, it's easy for you to say that you have such fulfillment in your life because you have a beautiful wife and you have two beautiful children and obviously you have a good career and like it's easy for you to say that and right. i i i guess i was coming from it in the terms of i am a single gay man and i don't have children and i guess i'm it was just more of a reflection that you can be from any sort of situation and still have that same fulfillment because i think that i probably have you know, the same sort of fulfillment things that you were speaking of in terms of happiness and just overall outlook on life. And even though I'm not married with children or not married and don't have that partner, you can fulfill the needs of being a human in any sort of way and in any sort of lifestyle. So I just kind of, that was kind of my thought process around what you were saying. Right. um, And that's, and that's a point well taken, Doug, because I'm, I'm sure you're right that there are, and I, and I feel like I acknowledged it or I tried my best to acknowledge, um, you know, my privilege and my good fortune that, you know, throughout that mini episode, I was like, well, I do realize that I've, I've caught a lot of breaks and, um, yes. you know, you're right. Like it is easy for me to be happy and fulfilled. And I guess the point that I was trying to make was to say like, I'm a happy guy and here are the reasons I'm happy. And it's not to say that you have to have all of these same reasons to be happy. It was really more to emphasize that God doesn't have to be one of those reasons. You know, like, you know, yes. Noah, Noah being the happiest version of Noah doesn't have to look like Doug being the happiest version of Doug. And it doesn't have to look like, you know, Sally being the happiest version of Sally or, you know, or whoever you might be. Um, and the whole thing I was trying to do is to kind of just get people jacked up to think like there are good things in everybody's life and you can be grateful for those things without having to attribute that gratitude to a space wizard. And I, I know I, I know I get myself in trouble when I use the word the term space wizard, but it just rolls so trippingly off the tongue. And I'm already on my second Jack and Coke, Doug. So I'm just going to, you know, that's that's where we're <laughs> yes. at. That's what's happening. Oh, so for the right. listeners, uh, right before we got on the air, um, Doug messaged me. He's like, "Yeah, are you are you almost ready to record?" And I was like, "Yeah, 
Um, I'm just checking all my equipment to make sure it works properly, which sounds like I was inspecting my, my private parts and, and like using a <laughs> euphemism. And then Doug sent me a picture of, of the alcohol he's drinking, and I sent him a pe- picture of the alcohol that I'm drinking. And I thought, man, if the government like does spy on our phones, they probably think we're doing something way different right now <laughs> than, than, <laughs> than recording a podcast, but whatever. I'm, I'm having whatever. fun with it. Yeah. So yes, you're, you're a happy guy. Too. I'm a happy guy. Exactly. And everybody can be a happy person. And I, I, I not to go too deep, but I feel like No, go deep, so, Doug. Go deep. <laughs> I'm not gonna go too deep. But um and I don't remember if you so I was I wanted to ask you this question because I don't remember if it was Ooh middle the in, school. The interviewer or, becomes the interviewee. I like a, it. A, yes. So it definitely happened in Tecumseh Public Schools. So this is why I'm bringing up the question. Okay. And I don't remember exactly what principal it was, but back when we were in school, and I think it was probably middle school, um, one of the principals would come over the morning PA system and give the morning announcements. And I remember at the end of every morning announcement, he would say, make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. Do you remember a principal saying that? Or is it maybe it was just it was a man. It period? was a man, right? I, and I don't want to... I'm yes. not sure because I'm always so careful to use people's names on the show. And maybe I'll just say his name. And if you agree that it might be the same person, then I'll just bleep his name out. Was it... um? Does that sound right? No, that doesn't sound right. Because <laughs> he... he that's, that's, well, piss. I'll maybe still, that's who it was. And I'll, I edit, like I'll edit his it. name out anyway. But I mean, you you did... <laughs> you and I did realize on your first episode on the show that we were a little bit further removed from one another... Um, right chronologically than we but, than we realized so it might have just been a different person but that does ring a bell d- okay and i also think it might it's probably a quote from somebody else like the principal this middle school or whatever principal probably used right. this saying having heard it from someone else they probably read it in some book like, it's probably like a paul harvey quote or something that's probably, <laughs> probably feel like it is like it seems like something like paul harvey would say but yeah. anyways uh so, and, like, at the time, it was more of a joke than anything. Like, you know, being that adolescent, everybody was not taking it seriously. But I, we all recognized that at the end of every morning announcement, uh, the principal would say, make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. But I do feel that there's a lot of validity in that. And as a society, um, we often play the victim of the bad factors that are going on in life and the bad cards that we have been dealt. And again, and I agree, Noah, that you do a good job of checking your privilege and I try to do the same thing that, you know, we recognize that we are in fortunate situations that have happened through, you know, influences that are above our own control but a lot of the things that we do have too there are a lot of ways yeah, where we of... can't really help the privilege that we, that we kind of inherit so i you know i try yes. to not shy away from it and i try to just think well i've got this privilege like whether i want it or not i've got right. it so either i can use it you know to whatever degree i can 
as a way to affect positive change, whether it's in a small way or a big way or you know whatever way I can. I, I try to use that privilege to affect positive change rather than just perpetuating the status quo, you know, where, where, where the privilege that I have would just be mindlessly passed down to my children and then their children and then their children because that doesn't help anybody, right? Exactly. And also recognizing, though, that some of the things that we do have in our life were because of the choices that we've made, right? Absolutely. There is direct correlation to the benefits and blessings that we have in our lives because of some of the, you know, decisions and things that we've decided and the priorities that we've made. But um, that, you know, that quote of make it a great day or not, like, we are, for the most part in control of our own happiness and like to go back to what you were talking about we can have that fulfillment and a lot of it is a mindset of recognizing that you know you are in control and it is based off of your temperament it's based off of who you surround yourself with um it's based off of those environments that you choose to be in and you know your whole life you can you can choose to make it a great day or you could choose to make it a crappy day and if you go into each day with those kind of thought processes and you're not answering to something else to make you feel guilty for whatever reason you know you can have that fulfillment and maybe it's even a little bit more even more achievable in the fact that you don't feel like you have to answer to some sort of strict rules or some sort of strict guidelines that were put in place thousands of years ago but you were you were talking about how like you know people people make choices and they feel guilty and they like to like to attribute those feelings to a higher power and I, I feel like that could go either way right because really just the idea in my mind of a lot of people who believe in a higher power it's just kind of a cop-out for for good or for bad that when bad things happen they can just say oh well it's it's out of my control you know it's god's plan and when good things happen they can say oh well praise god he you know he's given me all of these wonderful blessings but part of me kind of wants to be like no you like you know sometimes bad things happen and that's terrible and that's just the chaos of the universe but like when good things happen own it like you should be taking credit you know like i i'm very aware of my privilege but at the same time i think all of us should not be afraid to be like yeah i i earned this you know what i mean like i i have good things in my life because i deserve good things in my life because i make good choices and i do responsible things with my money and i make responsible choices with taking care of my health and with choosing good people to surround myself with does does that make sense absolutely that's yeah that's the thing like Take ownership of the good times is equally as important of taking ownership of the bad times and that your your actions are what drive those things. Right. So you can learn from the things that maybe you regret and the things that you didn't handle the way you should have because we all have those things. And it's equally as important to say that was because of a decision that I made. And then also to say... You know, the good things that are in my life are, you know, ownership because of the decisions I made and the people I choose to surround myself with. Right. So I and, I, and I I feel like ways. it does. And I feel like when when bad things happen, especially when there are things that happen beyond our control and people do just kind of have a tendency to say, 
<sighs> well, that's just God's plan. No, like, you know, that's that's such a, an excuse to not put effort into correcting things. You know what I mean? Like when something bad happens, you should be ready and you should be willing to put in the work, to to fight the fights, to, to make things better. By sh- I think a lot of people, when they just say, ah, oh, well, it's just God's plan, they're kind of giving themselves permission to give up on fixing something because they've kind of resigned themselves to the notion that it's out of their control. No, take control. You know, like if something is yes. out of control take control or at the very best give do do whatever you can you know fight like hell and if something is bad if something is unfair or unjust then do something about it do whatever you can don't just toss up your hands and act like it's all out of your control so why bother like that's that's the sort of mindset where where religion kind of bothers me where it kind of instills this sense of apathy in people when they believe that all of their decisions are preordained by a higher power like i reject that you know like sometimes do things do happen outside of our control, but that is that is not okay to give yourself permission to not do anything about it, you know, because of those beliefs. I completely agree. And it just it, that all goes back to the fine, fine wisdom of that middle school principal. Make it a great day or not. Right. The choice is yours. It, it, it really falls within your control, like you, your mindset. And I, I don't mean to diminish terrible, tragic things that happen, obviously. And I'm not trying to diminish the fact of, like, you're not in control of terrible illnesses and terrible things and situations. And so, again, I am checking the privilege that I'm a healthy individual and that, you know, it's difficult if I woke up tomorrow morning and was diagnosed with uh, cancer or some sort of strong illness. Obviously, that makes it much more difficult. I'm not trying for to sure. And that. we've never lived through Hurricane Katrina in any meaning or something, you know, or something like that. But like that's that's exactly. kind of a perfect example, though, right? Because like the 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 what I'm going off the rail about is the type of attitude where let's just say Hurricane Katrina. Okay, that happened. It was awful. There was nothing anyone could have done to prevent it, but it happened. And I think you've got all these people on Facebook who would who you, and you know where I'm going with this because they get on Facebook and here's what they do. Oh, thoughts and prayers. Oh, my thoughts and prayers are with all of the victims of hurt. No, like they don't need your thoughts and prayers, man. They need your money. Like get get your debit card out. I'm serious. <laughs> like, and I know that there are plenty of people. Right. No, I, I know that there are plenty of people who who give charitably, um, particularly in the name of religion. So I'm not I'm not setting aside that there are plenty of people who do that. But you know that for every one person who actually reaches into their wallet, there are probably 50 more who just get on Facebook for self-serving purposes because they want to be a part of the attention and the sympathy. And they'll just say, oh, my thoughts and prayers go out to these people or, or, you know, the victims of any of the senseless shootings that they'll just say thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. No, that does nothing. That's just you giving yourself permission to do nothing and feel fine about it. And that's the, that bothers me. Like yep. either, either do nothing or do something, but don't do one and pretend you're doing the other. That's what pisses me off. Because that's not you taking ownership and like actually contributing to the situation. That's you taking the most passive role that you could and then trying to pass it off as if it was you being an active participant. In right. Helping. And you're not. And so, yes, you're not. so don't, you know, like don't patronize right. everybody and pretend like your thoughts and prayers are helping anyone because they're, they're not, you know, so they're certainly not helping nearly as much as your $10 would or your $20 would, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, so that recent, um, huge mass shooting that happened in, it was New Zealand, right? Am I making, is that accurate? Oh, um, the, the last the, mass murder. Yeah. What, um, was it a mosque? Yes. 
Was it New Zealand? No, I think it was New Zealand. I think think it was. I mean, the the sad part is that there are so many mass shootings these days that it's getting kind of hard to keep track of them all. Right. Exactly. That also speaks to it. But they also, like, as a country, like, right after that happened, they put a ban on, you know, assault weapons. And it was, like, very reactionary. This tragic event happened. A week later, they passed this law, you know, that, that really put into place gun control. And I remember seeing someone, and it kind of went viral. They were like, wait, didn't you guys even try thoughts and prayers? How could you advance directly to actually making new laws when... Did you even try the thoughts and prayers method? Because we've been doing that for a while over here in the United States. (laughs) And, like, it seems like, you know, that seems like the, the reasonable approach to when you go through a tragic event of such mass tragedy that the, the initial reaction, you can't actually pass something or do something. You're supposed to react with thoughts and prayers first. Like, did you guys even try to the, do that? What, the what sarcasm is strong with that one, it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. So let's, let's put a bow on that one, because um, you and I are both drinking. Like, we'll be here till 4 o'clock in the morning talking about the same thing. And like... <laughs> But uh, no, yes, and we have some fun topics. Yeah, to get to. and and this is actually a good good time to transition over because if we want to talk about organizations that are actually doing tangible good, and I want to say again, I want I want to always try to be balanced. Plenty of churches do a lot of tangible good. I'm not saying they don't. Churches are can be an incredible force of charity and of and of goodwill and all of those kinds of things. So I'm not saying they can't, um, but we're just kind of talking about the examples of when when they get it wrong. But um. To, to speak of an organization that's doing a lot of good, let's talk about NIA. Um, that's obviously the partner organization of this show. We are the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. Um, I did get an update from Troy. I, I've, we were hoping to do another um, audio segment, but you know Troy and I are both really busy guys, and it just wasn't able to be worked out. But he did send me um, just basically kind of a rundown of some things that are um, coming up on NIA's slate uh, and this will sound kind of dry, so I'll go through it pretty quickly. But just anyone who's listening to this, if you hear any dates or if you hear any events that catch your attention, please know that I'm going to basically copy and paste all of Troy's notes into the show notes. So if you hear anything, don't worry about rewinding it. Don't worry about that. Just listen to the rest of the show. Kick kick back, relax, finish pooping, whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to the show. Um, and, and just go back afterwards. I think everybody's drinking... <laughs> I think everybody's drinking with us. I, I'm just assuming that everybody also has their own alcohol. I was drink. wondering if anybody would even notice that I slipped in there. I just finished pooping, and because you know that, like, if a hundred <laughs> people listen to this show, statistically speaking, at least one of them will be pooping while they're listening to this, and they'll be like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh, wait, oh, what? absolutely." So, okay. So here's what we got. Um, here's what's going on with NIA. Per Troy Moss, the president of the board of Northern Indiana Atheists, uh, we've got the five below. Are you familiar with Five Below, Doug, the store? Oh, love me some Five Below. There you go. So the Five Below Give Back Fundraiser is taking place from April 13th through April 20th at all Goshen, Elkhart, and Mishawaka locations. Uh, Basically, just print and take the fundraiser flyer with you, um, which I'm assuming you could probably get at NIA's uh, Facebook page, um, and take it with you to Five Below, and they will donate 10% of whatever you purchase um, back to NIA. So it's going to be April 13th through the 20th at basically the majority of, of Michiana um, 
five below locations. Thursday, April 18th at 6 p.m., NIA is hosting um, another Atheist Brew Talk at the Goshen Brewing Company in Goshen, Indiana. Uh, that sounds like some fun. Uh, we are also kicking off NIA's Biggest Loser Weight Loss Challenge. These are fun. You know, a lot of places do these um, Biggest Loser Challenges. So if you're looking for an excuse to just st start working on getting healthier, lose some weight, um, and it's going to be for charity. It's going to be starting April 21st, and basically the way it works is it's a standard Biggest Loser Challenge, but if you win you get to choose the charity that all of the winnings go to. So that's kind of a fun twist on it. And it's, it's definitely a way that you can get healthier and that you can also um, you know, make a really positive uh, donation to the charity of your choice. Uh, Thursday, April 25th at 6 p.m., NIA will be hosting a coffee and conversation at the Electric Brew in Elkhart, Indiana, uh, April 26th through May 2nd is Secular Week of Action. NIA has daily events all week. Uh, some highlights include starting the week on April 26th by tabling on the lawn of the Elkhart County Courthouse in Goshen from 8 a.m. to noon. Stop by and see everybody there. April 28th, they'll be hosting a potluck um, picnic and Sunday service project at Pottawatomie Park, which is in South Bend. Um, I go there all the time. That's a lot of fun. Um, and that's very family-friendly. Tuesday, April 30th, kicks off the Spring Clothing Drive, um, trying to gather up some clothing for the homeless and the needy um, in our area. And lastly, Wednesday, May 1st, NIA will be at the Elkhart Environmental Center for another service project, um, walking the trails, clearing them of debris, picking up trash as they go. Um, NIA will supply all of the tools that you'll need for the day. So there you go, Doug. That's everything that NIA is up to lately. And that last one I really like. They're actually going out and they're physically, literally making the world a better place. They're cleaning up the trash um, out there in some nature trails. So that it doesn't get much more wholesome and helpful than that. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. I'm jealous. Right? I know NIA is out there kicking butt and taking names, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And we just want to remind everyone listening that all Northern Indiana Atheist events are open to atheists and our allies. So you don't have to be a dirty heathen uh, like me and Doug and Troy and Daniel and all of us. <laughs> you, you can be anybody. And if you just want to do some good in the world and you don't mind um, working shoulder to shoulder with, with, with us godless folk, um, come on out to any of these events. We welcome everybody uh, whose heart is in the right place and who is, has a mind uh, to do some good. So to learn more about Northern Indiana Atheists or any of these events, you can go to northernindianaatheist.com. As I said, all of this information will be in the show notes. Um, you can check out uh, There Is No Godcast Facebook page. Just, you know, if you're listening to this and you're interested in any of this stuff, go find it. We won't make it, we're not going to hide it from you. It's not an Easter egg hunt. Um, it's almost <laughs> Easter, so that feels like an appropriate joke to make. Uh, that was so anyway, appropriate. Doug, thanks for your patience while we got through all that. Let's move on. Um, Absolutely. I told you, I, t I showed you an article <laughs> and I sent this to Troy um, for anyone listening to this who's been with us since, since day one, when Troy was on the show, I mentioned to him my favorite um, pet theory on, on you know, existence and um, the universe and all that. And do you remember what that was, Doug? Yeah, simulation theory. Simulation theory. And I, I found this article, um, and I wasn't seeking it out. Like, it was on, like, the front page of Yahoo or wherever it is I saw it, um, talking about this, uh, this very prominent scientist at MIT who um, gave an interview and kind of discussed his research, I guess you could say. I wouldn't say findings, but his research. And he is basically at the point where he is ready to declare that it is more likely than not, in his opinion, that we are all, in fact, living 
in some higher form of existence's computer simulation. And I sent that to Troy just because, you know, his big thing when I interviewed him was, well, show me the evidence. And I was like, well, take a look at this, big boy. And I showed it to you. <laughs> uh, what do you think yes. about the article? So, first of all, I also enjoy the thoughts of, of simulation theory just as a concept. Sure. And oddly enough, I do feel like there's a correlation. So, at one point... I don't know if you were there or not, so again, I'm going to see if you remember this aspect of going back to when we were together. But I do feel that we had a Matrix marathon. Were you a part of that watching where we watched all three of the Matrixes? Much movies? to my eternal shame and regret, Doug, I don't think I was, but I wish like hell I had oh, been. Oh no! Because it was definitely our group. So, you must not have gotten the invite, but I mean, I guess I got yeah, It was invite, lost so in the mail, I'm sure. Uh-huh, yep, all right. <laughs> Busted. So, I'm going, I'm going to say the name of the person that hosted it, and then we can edit this out. But, um... Oh, boy, awkward. It was... It was at house, and I remember... was there, and that's pretty much all I remember. I wasn't very engaged with the actual viewing. Sure. So, I would have thought that maybe you would have been there. It, it's, I mean, you, you know, I did, I did smoke a lot of crack back then, so maybe I was just completely. <laughs> yes, yes. I forgot that you were, yes. I like, oh sense. yeah, so, gosh, darn, so... I forgot you were really into the crack back in the late 90s. So we edited out the part where I said the name, and uh, we are going to talk about the fact that Noah was way into crack in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave, that, that part will stay. Anyways, we did have a marathon of watching The Matrix, and in this article that you shared with me, it was drawing the correlations to the basic concepts of The Matrix, and I remember right. when I I went to go watch this viewing, and we were watching all three movies back to back, and I hadn't, I hadn't ever seen any of The Matrix, matrices, matrices, um, <laughs> I hadn't seen any of the movies, uh, so... And I wasn't that engaged with it because, again, going back to my story, I was very Christian. So I was like, what is this blasphemy of this, you know, simulation world that I can't understand in my 14-year-old brain what the hell this movie is trying to tell me anyways? You can't um, learn kung yes. fu from a computer. You have to go to <laughs> church and then you go to karate practice after church and that's how it works. Exactly. But I remember watching the movies, and I still remember like the basic concept of it. But I read the article, too, and I do just feel like, yeah, it's kind of a, a thought process, and I get where he's saying, you know, just the probability... He's putting science into it and the probability of what the existence is. Um, so, and I, I want to throw it back to you, Noah, because you said that, you know, this is a theory that you've engaged in or at least kind of looked into so i, I want to get your take on where you are with this whole simulation theory in terms of what it means to you or what your thoughts are on it well in fairness to troy and it's the reason why i didn't really like go down that rabbit hole with him and why i wouldn't really go down it with many people is that i don't really i can't really articulate a lot of like scientifically justifiable reasons why I believe this. And I can't even really say I believe it. I just like the idea. You know, it certainly makes a lot more sense to me than the idea of, you know, the Christian explanations for the origins of the universe. Um, and I and then the guy in this article, he actually does a really good job of articulating this, and I assume that's why the article is gaining such traction and making front page news at Yahoo, is that he's basically saying like, look, 
the evidence for us being a computer simulation is right here in front of us because we are getting very close as as an existing you know uh, existing reality to being able to duplicate these types of um, artificial universes, right? Like that's that's what I took away from the article that he's basically saying like we like look at what we have been able to do, like what video game technology and computer. Um, technology and simulation technology look where it's come just in the last 20 or 30 years right and you consider that we have been as a as a human civilization we've been around for what 10 15,000 years or something like that i mean you know the earth is much older than that um but documented history only goes back a few thousand years and he's saying look in the last 20 or 30 years look how far we've come just imagine where we'll be in the next couple of hundred years like, like, look, if we could figure this out, then if there were some level of reality or existence a step above us, just imagine where they could be at with computation power, with the ability to simulate things. Like, for all we know, when I die, that's just someone like, you know, do you watch Rick and Morty? This this sounds like no, a I don't. Okay, well, you really need to because it's but, like, it's funny. There's an episode of the show that really kind of tackles this in a really brief but really brilliant way. They go to this arcade. It's like this intergalactic arcade. And the, the purpose of this game is that you put on this, like, helmet, and you plug into it, and you wake up as, like, a four- or five-year-old boy, okay, named Roy. And kind of the whole idea, I assume, is that four or five years old is usually about the age at which we start to retain, you know, f formative long-term memories, right? Like, most people can remember back sure. to when they were about four or five. So you plug into this game called Roy, you wake up as a four or five-year-old boy, and you're kind of groggy for a second, and then you basically just kind of accept that you are Roy. Like, his parents are there. He, like, wakes up from a bad dream, and he's like, oh, I, I dreamt I was this, you know, other person. They're like, no, no, honey, you're Roy. And then, like, the joke is that you live as Roy. Like, the and they, they condense it for the purpose of the joke of this show, but, like, you live... 40, 50, 60, 70 years as Roy. And then eventually you die. And when you die, you like, you know, unplug from this machine and like you wake up and you, you know, ostensibly remember that you were someone else all along, even though you basically, you know, in your mind just experienced 40 or 50, 60 years living as this other person. And I, like, I watched that and the show is brilliant. So if you don't watch the show, you should be watching the show. But I was like, th that was like, that was a legitimately more moving and stirring moment for me from a, from a spiritual standpoint than, than literally anything I ever heard in church in my entire life, because I had this moment where I was like, what if, like, what if that's, like, what if that's actually what is happening here? Like, what if I am just some avatar in some higher form of life or existences, you know, video game arcade? You know what I mean? And it was terrifying uh, and also kind of interesting yeah. at the same time. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, like, obviously you can poke holes in many different theories. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that can happen. But I know what you mean. And so to take it to another reference, have you seen... Or read Ready Player One? Of course. I, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I feel like that, and when I was reading about simulation theory, um, and when I read that book, it was along the same thing. That in Ready Player One, you know, the characters in this, you know, society, I guess it would be dystopian, because I don't think it's really utopian. Um, well, it's both. You know, like the, the quote-unquote yeah. real world is dystopian, but the, uh, the oasis is utopian. Yes. So, but like the fact that you could be your existence 
is more in this virtual world than it is in this quote-unquote real world, right? So he has all these experiences that are in this virtual world, and everybody is more living in the virtual world, even in terms of, you know, monetary aspects, even in terms of... They even, School. like, touch on the sexual aspect, you know? They they get into the terms of that he's going into the virtual world to have sexual experiences instead of being in the real world and having sexual experiences. Right, and I think they um, gloss yes, over it's, this. It's they, cool. gloss, they, they gloss over a lot of this more in the movie than they do in the books, but if I, if memory serves, in the books, like, the entire public education system takes place in the Oasis. Like, that's yes, where... that's absolutely. Where, yeah, yeah. So, like, so from a conceptual level, though, as we talk about simulation theory as being something that could be existing... I think it has a lot of those similarities to that that book and that story of if we're advanced enough to even recognize that we have the real world but still want to be in this virtual world because of all the things that it could bring, what's not to say then that what we're in right now is one of those virtual aspects or virtual simulations? Right, so and I think I he mentioned the um... comparisons between those two things. Right, and he and he mentions, I think, in the article at one point, having this sort of aha moment where he didn't he say he was like playing um, like virtual ping pong or something like that or table tennis. Yes, and yep. he was like, and he was like, it was a small thing, but he said like when I got done. For, for, for anyone listening to this show who hasn't read the article, he basically says, I got done playing this virtual ping pong. And by virtual, I mean like full, you know, he's got the, the helmet on and he's got like the gloves on. And, uh, you know, because these, these VR things are getting to be pretty sophisticated. And he says, I'm playing the game. And when I got done, I instinctively set the paddle down on the table. Now, bear in mind, he's describing a table and a paddle that don't actually exist physically. But he says, like, I, I set the, it down on the table and I dropped the controller because, like, I my brain momentarily just sort of lost sight of the fact, you know, the lines blurred. And what he's basically saying is that, like, they're not stopping this development. Like, they're, they're going to, you know, it was a minor thing that happened to him, but they're just going to continue making these games even more realistic and even more immersive. And, like, who knows where the line gets drawn? Who's to say that the world we're living in is not, you know, the finished product of some advanced society? It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And, like, also, when you think about, and I don't know, this goes into the context of outer space and the galaxies and everything like how massive just the the universe around us is right and i think he speaks to the probability of that he believes that it's greater than a 50 percent chance that it is simulation theory but also like just when you think about the magnitude of our entire universe system like just as a thought process it just seems like there's more things out there. And so for me personally, I, I can kind of get behind the simulation theory for in sure. terms of just thinking that, you know, yeah, maybe there is... I could see someone wanting to simulate all of these different variables. I could see someone wanting to simulate what would happen if I made a Doug Ferguson that you know, grew up in Tecumseh, and how would that affect the world, and, like, you know, the effects of um, climate change, and, like, the effects that people could have on different things, and, like, actually trying to simulate all those different factors, you right, know? So, right. 
I could see that as a possibility. Or, like, even extending it out further to another reference of, like, Doctor Who, right? So he, um, am I getting that wrong? Who's the, who's the guy in the Avengers that, uh, can Doctor simulate Strange? all the different... Doctor Strange. I don't know why I said Doctor Who. Doctor Strange. You know, so he can simulate every possibility of, of any combination of different things. So if someone had that capability, wouldn't they, you know, do that? And maybe that's the existence of what we're doing is they have to establish all those different variables on top of each other. And the only way to do that is to actually have the simulation of it. Right, right. And if they have the computation power, then why why wouldn't they? It's just like basically a, a giant, you know, model to, to and who knows yes. what the actual purpose of that model would be, but we wouldn't necessarily have any way to be aware of that. Exactly. So yeah, edit out that part where I said Doctor Who instead of Doctor Strange. No, but no, that's staying. No, nope, that's staying care. in there. Nope, it's staying in the show, Dougie. Um, but I want to say, like, th- that's th- that's the part that terrifies me, right? Because when it comes to simulation theory, there are basically two ways that it could go, and one terrifies me no more so than the idea that there's just no God or no simulation theory, but. The one that terrifies me is the idea that we are all artificially intelligent, right? That, like, nothing about our lives will exist once we cease to to live. Um, That kind of terrifies me a little bit, but I really do like the Roy theory. I'm going to have to send you the name of that episode, whatever that – you can watch the episode without having watched the other episodes, and you'll still be able to follow it just fine. It's it's a brilliant comedy cartoon. Um, But I really like the idea of the Roy – like model because there's something about me that just I, I fear death I've been very open about this I think in my earlier Facebook live uh, videos like I'm terrified of death and I totally get that that's why re- that's a big component of what people seek in religion is just kind of seeking comfort um, to push back against the fear of death the belief that there is an afterlife and that it's you know it's heaven um, but I like the idea that, well, maybe once I die, there is still a possibility that I can see my loved ones again. You know, my wife, my kids, my friends, my parents, you know, my grandparents, like maybe they already, maybe they just stopped playing, you know, and maybe every night when I go to sleep, I'm not, I, I think I'm sleeping. Maybe when we're sleeping, it's just really when we're not playing the game, you know, and I don't know, there's, there's some comfort to be found in the idea that I can believe that it's conceivable that when I die, there is something else after for me, you know, without having to believe in a sky wizard. Like I, I, I don't see any, I would love to believe in a sky wizard if that, if I could make myself do it, but there's just not evidence there for it. Um, and there's not really any evidence for simulation theory either, but, but it makes a lot more sense to me than Christianity does to be sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I think that obviously we would like to believe that we can, reconnect with the people that we've we've met in this existence that we have and so yeah i think everybody that's a universal thing that we would want to have that possibility so anything that allows for that possibility is definitely a comforting aspect of our life and our existence for sure absolutely for sure all right doug um any final thoughts on that or do you are you ready to move on no i'm ready to move on and i want to go back to Speaking about good things, because I do feel like we kind of started off the episode speaking about maybe, I don't know, being maybe a little bit too critical. I don't think I was too critical, but but I do want to talk about good aspects. So you talked about the great things that are going on with NIA and all the good things that they are doing. And I want to speak about, and another topic, of a really good representation of... um a Christian that, in my opinion, is a really good representation of a Christian that uses their beliefs properly, as far as I know, 
um, and is now running for president. That's, is that I, where that's, we could transition into? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was transitioning into. So thank you for uh, thank you for getting there for me. We're talking, of course, about <laughs> South Bend Mayor, uh, your friend and mine, Pete Buttigieg, um, and he has been in the news a lot lately because he's just. He's just, he's Hansel. He's just so hot right now. Hansel. Um, <laughs> yes. Pete Buttigieg. Just so Pete hot Buttigieg. Right is, he is absolutely the Hansel of the, of the 2020 presidential election right now. And I could not be more excited because I, of course, you know, I'm, I'm out here in the Michigan area. Um, he is beloved out here. We, he's been beloved to us for a lot longer um, than he's been, you know, kind of catching fire on a national scale, but I couldn't be more excited about it. And he has recently um, drawn the ire of our illustrious vice president, who I know you're a giant fan of, uh, Mike Pence. <laughs> you know, I just love that Mike Pence. He's just, yes, that there's no sarcasm in that statement. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> so what do you, what are your thoughts on the whole thing so far? So I, yes. Have you been watching I him? Have you, it. I mean, have you, been, have you been seeing Pete like on the show? He's been making the talk show circuit. I mean, he's been everywhere lately. Have you been seeing his interviews? Yes. So I am new to the Mayor Pete game. Um, and so obviously, as you spoke, you obviously were exposed to him earlier. But I am currently in the process of listening to his Audible book. So that's part of my commute. Um, oh, awesome. And so... Which, which he, he narrates, because, right? Yes. So that makes it even better, the fact that he's narrating it. So he's telling his story through his own tonation and through his own voice. Um, so, you know, I'm still learning more about him. I haven't, I will say, I haven't decided fully if that's the, you know, candidates that I want to back yet. I still think that, you know, I'm still in the process of deciding who I want to support because obviously it's not that I need to fully get behind a candidate at this point. Um, and I want to hear everybody's defense. Sure, sure, sure. So and, it, and it's a big decision. Though, Right. And even though he's, uh, I agree, and, and I will say on the very foundational level, obviously I agree with him. Um, and I'm just here to say that just because he's a gay white American does not mean that I am fully supporting him to begin with. So I'm still doing my homework on everything that is involved. But I do like a lot of the messages that he's saying. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk about what his um, thought processes are. And he has been in the news recently, obviously against talking to Mike Pence. And so part of the thing that I watched just recently was his interview on Ellen. And um, they talked to... Ellen was asking Pete, you know, what his thoughts were on religion and kind of just the fact that Pete and Mike Pence have the same religion... But they use it in different ways, obviously. Right. Um, which I thought was 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 really interesting. Um, and I, I don't know. The, the, just the whole thing he said, and I'm quoting it because I wrote it down. Um, Pete said, I have a problem with religion being used as a justification to harm people. Mm, and amen. I, I, I agree with that. And I feel like that's what Pence does is he uses it as a justification for just you know his poor beliefs in that there's lesser people on this earth and I don't really understand so then I was reading what 
Mike Pence's response was to the entire situation. And here's a quote from Mike Pence. He says, he knows I don't, he knows I don't have a problem with him. I don't believe in discrimination against anybody. I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. And that is a direct quote from Mike Pence, which I don't know how he can honestly say that. Like, how can you honestly say, I don't believe in discrimination against anybody. I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. Well, can I answer but your then, can, can I answer your question literally? You can't. You yes, can't you can't please. honestly say that if you're Mike Pence. I mean like his record speaks for itself. Right. Like yeah, I, I like I so I was reading everything, I watched the Ellen interview, I was obviously agreeing with all the things that Mayor Pete had said, and I was like, you know, I, I'm just curious what Mike's res- Mike Pence's response was to this. And then for me to read that that was his literal response was, he knows I don't have a problem with him. I don't believe in discrimination against anybody. I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. And I'm like, liar. You are lying through your teeth. Like, uh, like you can't honestly believe like that you're, you are treating everybody the way you want to be treated when you're saying that someone's existence of just who they are is something that's not allowable in the government that you were trying to promote. Right, right. Or at minimum, he has advocated and attempted to implement, you know, laws, not just in the state of Indiana, but now as the the second highest, you know, ranking government official in our country, you know, policies that would make it uh, permissible to fire someone from a job for being gay, um, policies that would allow a business to refuse to serve someone because of their being gay or bi or transsexual or, you know, any any of those things. Um, you know, and I think, I don't know if it was in the Ellen interview or maybe just in one of the articles I wrote or I, I read, you know, subsequent to that, where like they quoted some questions, like some basic yes or no questions that they asked Mike Pence to say like, well, yes or no, like, do you believe it's okay to you know, whatever, uh, fire someone because they're gay or whatever it was. I, you probably remember what I'm talking about. And he, he wouldn't answer it. Like he would not give a yes or no answer. He would just, right. get, he would just go back to these, well, I believe that I have my faith and everyone's entitled to have their faith. And it's like, well, you're basically saying yes without saying yes, you know, to. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But Mayor Pete, I love because Mayor Pete, like w- whether the answer was yes or no, he would just say yeah, and here's why, or no, and here's why, you know, and he would actually stand by his answers, um, and, you know, and I, I don't know if you noticed this too, but one of the things I love about Mayor Pete, whenever the topic of religion comes up, and I don't know if you caught this, but he's very consistent about it, because I've watched damn near every significant interview he's given when it comes to major media outlets. Whenever people ask him about religion, he always says the same thing when describing um, people, which is that he supports people of any religion or no religion. And every time he says that, I'm like, thank you, Mayor Pete. Thank you for being someone who sticks up for me just as much as he, as he sticks up for his own beliefs or anyone else's belief. Because that's that's what the president ought to be, right? Someone who sticks up for the right to believe in anything or nothing. And he always makes it a point to recognize that verbally and proactively and vocally. And I don't know of any other candidate that I can think of, certainly not in this current election cycle, um, who makes it as much of a point to recognize the growing segment of our society, which are the nuns, right? Absolutely. And yes, I actually wrote this note down. So as I was watching the Ellen interview, 
This is one of the bullet points that I put that I wanted to speak about because it is true. You, I, I really felt that it was great of him to recognize that what he said is that it's important for anyone who steps into a political space to speak of any faith or people of no faith. So like what you were saying, like recognize that you can speak on the behalf of a certain faith. You can speak on the purpose of no faith and both are equally valid. Um, But as long as you, you know, you are aware of where you fall and what you do, you know, that's equally as important. So just recognizing the fact, like you said, that there's the nuns, you know, that's something that hasn't been there. And so I do, as do you, appreciate the fact that he at least recognizes that. And and to go back further, you know, as we were speaking about good good Christians, I, I really do feel like he is a great representation of Christianity in its it and in, in its good qualities and in the qualities that it should be in recognizing of other belief systems and everything else. I, I do truly believe that he is a good representation of what the Christian belief should be, in in, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I, I think he's kind of the Rocky Balboa in this situation where, you know, maybe Donald Trump is not Apollo Creed, but maybe the presidency itself is Apollo Creed. Um, where I, you know, I'm basically saying he's got the skill, he's got the talent, he's got the heart. Um, but I think if I'm being honest with myself, I still don't know that there's any realistic path to him being elected just because he's, he's so young. He's so, you know, he, he, he will run up against more seasoned politicians, even within the democratic primaries. Um, and I, you know, I just don't think that it's necessarily going to happen. I'd like to believe that it could, I mean, Donald Trump was elected president, so why the hell couldn't it? (laughs) Um, but you know, my my point is, I don't know that Pete Buttigieg is the next president of the United States. I can tell you that if you literally lit a dumpster on fire, it would make a better president than our current president. Um, so I would I would love it if he were. I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I my honest opinion is that I don't think even his own team probably would have have expected him to take off in the way that he has. And I think that it's wonderful for him. I think that he's a wonderful uh, human being. You don't have to agree with all of his policies or any of his policies, but I think his heart is in the right place. and He's very genuine. And I think at minimum, he is the next governor of the state of Indiana. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is the kind of exposure that will make him damn near a shoe in um, for taking that next step. And I don't know that that next step is the presidency because he'd be skipping, you know, two or three or four steps, you know, from where he is now to where he would be in the White House. Um, but I think this is going to do great things for his career. Um, and who knows if he does, you know, get elected to, um, to, the, gov- you know, to the governorship or to a, a U.S. Senate seat, you know, at the next uh, opportunity. I think Pete Buttigieg is someone who's going to be doing a lot of good things for our country for a long time. Yes, and I agree. And I think that at the minimum, he is advancing the conversations and he's advancing the conversations that need to be had. You know, he's he's bringing up the correct topics and he's bringing it up in the correct manner that he's well articulate. He's <laughs> I can't even I obviously I'm not um, he's he's articulating it in the proper format of making people understand and trying to convey these thoughts. So at the very minimum, if he doesn't get, you know, the Democratic nomination, which I agree, he probably will not. But I do think that there's a real chance that he could be um, a vice president. I could definitely see him 
on a ticket with um, whoever the Democratic Sure, sure, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie or whoever one of these, or or Joe Biden. Yeah, I think think the biggest problem he's got right now is that this popularity has kind of gone viral, right? But virality or I don't know what the what the right way of, you know, but you know what I'm saying to be viral is fickle, you know? And I think that the biggest problem working against Pete right now, aside from his um, relative inexperience in terms of um, how young he is, is that he's peaking too soon. You know, like all of this attention he's getting right now, like it's, it's, we're not even halfway through 2019 and we're talking about the 2020 presidential election and the 2020 presidential election takes place in the 11th month of the year 2020, you know? So like, we just have such a long way to go. And I just don't know how any candidate short of, you know, the second coming of Christ himself could sustain this type of fervor and popularity for almost the better part of two years, you know, at this point that it would have to take for him to actually be elected. Um, so I don't know. I just don't see it being realistic, but I'm, I'm going to support him like hell as long as he's in the race. Cause like I, I have a coworker who I remember telling last, um, last presidential election, um, before Trump even got the nomination, I just dismissed him because I thought there's no way it could ever happen. And then guess what? He's our president now. So I'm going to use that same, I'm going to use that same concept. I'm going to flip it because I dismissed him in a negative sense. I'm not going to make the same mistake of dismissing Pete Buttigieg in a positive sense, because I actually think he would make a wonderful president. So even though I don't think it's realistic, you know, I almost said the F word, screw it. I'm going to support him like hell (laughs) until the very day he drops out of the race because I got nothing to lose. And I think, you know, he's he's the president for me i've already kind of made my choice um and i just like you or anyone else listening to this show i could certainly respect that there's a lot of time left for people to make that you know very important decision um but that's that's where i'm at right now yeah and i don't remember what interview he did and i i don't remember the exact context but i remember seeing some sort of comparison that he was on some sort of morning show and the general buzz um, and the fervor, as you spoke of, that came from it, they said hadn't been anywhere comparable until they related it back to the first time that they had an interview with Barack Obama at, at really the similar phase. And I think that if you drew the comparison, I mean, Obama wasn't ever regarded as a viable. So even though. You're saying that, you know, Trump kind of wasn't a viable, you know, thought of becoming president. Obama wasn't a very viable thought as becoming president either. Obviously, he's had a little bit more political experience. Yeah, back yeah. I mean, he was a United States that, senator and, and at had, the time. had the track record. Right, right. Um, but yeah, yeah I... I and, and going back to it, like I said, at the very minimum... He's advancing the conversation in the correct format and, and enough for you and I to speak about it on this podcast. Enough for, you know, him to challenge our current vice president into having to address it. So at the very minimum, at least that these conversations are getting into the public context and getting the, you know, exposure for people to have to think about it. So at the very minimum, at least, you know, we're we're getting there and we're advancing a little bit further into the terms of conversations that I hope as a society, you know, we can have and think about. Right, for sure. And whether he's, you know, on paper qualified for the job or not, you know, our current president is, you know, what, a 70 year old, (laughs) you know, playboy, misogynist, uh, you know, xenophobic, you know, lizard person. 
So, like, dude, right. maybe like a 37-year-old like, gay mayor from South Bend, you know, Af- yes, Afghanistan like, war veteran. I mean, like, dude, come on. Like, this dude this dude is legit. He's totally legit. So, Mayor, <laughs> hey, by the way, Mayor yeah, Pete, part- open invite to come on the show. I was, I was talking with Molly about that the other day. I <laughs> yes, was like, hey, please. I mean, we're in yes, South Mayor Bend, man. Pete. This is the epicenter. If I, Dude, I, I could die. Ha- if Mayor Pete, like, and I've talked to Molly about this. Like, we should try to, like, reach out to him. It's, I mean, like, it's such a dumb thing because he's going on like oh. Bill Maher and The View and like all that stuff but he is still ostensibly the mayor of South Bend which is where we are uh, so I don't know like maybe we'll try who cares maybe I'll try and like tweet at him or something see what happens yes and I do feel like like I said Mayor Pete is the type of Christian that is a very wonderful representation like I feel like if he knew about this podcast he would embrace it in the terms that he would be behind the message of what we're trying to say and, and, and you know, like, what we are trying to convey. And, and it is obviously respectful of that aspect. I don't see Mayor Pete as, you know, this strong evangelical that believes in his belief system in, in trying to get people on board or looking down on any other sort of belief system or anything else like that. Um, those are the things that I like about him and in terms of his religious beliefs and everything that I've heard. And, and, and that's what I appreciate. And in the same way, I do feel like I, I want to have those same viewpoints and feelings of not only Christians, but like other, other belief systems. Like if that is, I do truly believe that if that's giving you fulfillment and that's what you believe in, then you're no more right or wrong than I am and do whatever makes you happy. And if that gives you fulfillment, then that's great. Just don't try to project what you believe and what you your thoughts are that it would be a lack thereof for my own self right and mayor pete's the kind of guy who walked the walk right in the most realistic way possible the guy went overseas the guy went to afghanistan you know the guy literally faced death you know to protect and to um, show his appreciation for the rights of every american citizen to believe or not believe in whatever god they wanted or not wanted to believe or not believe in like you know, he's actually, he's done those, like, that's not just, like, hyperbole, like, he, he went there, like, he's, he's, you know, went overseas, and he's in the army, and he actually is saying, like, you know what, I believe in this country, and I've put my life on the line for this country, like, it does not get more authentic than that, like, you know, if, if, if anyone yeah. had any kind of questions as to whether or not he's just full of it, like, well, you know, he could have gotten shot. Like, that's real. He could have gotten shot over there, and we wouldn't be talking about Mayor Pete Buttigieg running for president because he would have died. You know, like, he went over there and he faced that possibility. He didn't have bone spurs. You know, like, he chose to do this. <laughs> um, and that's on top of the fact that he was a Rhodes Scholar who went to Harvard, who speaks, like, seven languages, who, you know, blah, 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 blah. The dude is just awesome. Mayor Pete, come on the show. I'm sure I could do wonders for your career. <laughs> So, um, yes. um, hey, Doug, let me ask you a question. Yes. Did you order your shirt? 
Uh, yes, I ordered my shirt. I told, I knew you would. I knew I could count on you for that. <laughs> you, you knew the answer to that question before you asked it, which is entirely fine. Yes. But of course I ordered my shirt. But it was my I'm way. I'm very happy. It was my way of segueing into our, uh, our final, we're going to, we're going to start wrapping up. We've been at this for over an hour. Um, just a yes, reminder yes, for everyone yes, listening yes, to I this. Agree. We want uh, we want your support. I, I need I need your help. So and you want nice shirts, and I'm actually wearing my Ting hoodie right now. It's actually it's really nice. It's quite comfortable actually. So if you haven't already, go check out our bonfire campaign. That'll be in the show notes as well. There's only a couple days left, guys. Get over there and get your sweet merch. Um, there's only a couple yeah, days left. I've, I've... If me as a gay man was like, you know what, that suits my fashion style, then that can fit suit anybody's fashion style, all right? Like, I am going to be very excited when I get that t-shirt is, and is this, to wear it around is this because like, it's is very this like fashionable. A, is this like Ting Eye for the straight guy? Yes. So, listen, those are very fashionable shirts, and I am excited to wear it. So, listen, you need to buy a t-shirt. I completely agree. And I am endorsing this t-shirt as a great um, uh, addition to your wardrobe. So you're saying I'm Doug Ferguson and I support, I support this wardrobe. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Um, Doug, I got a question. I got another question for you because I have got, um, I think three shirts. I, I, I think I referenced this on the last show that I was going to do something like this, but I need your help. Um, because we're going to be at the American atheist conference. As we talked about earlier, I've got three Count them. Yes. One, two, three t-shirts. I've got two unisex and I've got one women's cut shirt to give away. And we're talking about dudes. I paid yes. for these shirts. I bought these shirts. I paid for them with my own money. And you know, they're like walking advertisements for the show. Um, they're free. So if you are at the American Atheist no. Conference, just come see us at the table. I haven't exactly figured out how to decide how to give them away. Do you have any ideas? No, but I absolutely love this idea. One, because whatever we determine is the rule that they have to say, I, th- I think it should just be like a secret phrase. So we need to come up with a secret phrase for them to come up to the booth. You sit, you know, obviously when you say this phrase, you will recognize, Noah will recognize that you are a listener of the show. Somehow you've listened to our drunken ramblings. Right, that you made it to an hour episode. and 15 minutes. So, like that's yeah, dedication. Yes. Exactly. So we have to determine what this secret password is right now, Noah. Okay. Because here's my, whoever here's has my survived thought. this long episode deserves a shirt. And when they come up to you at this convention and say whatever it is, you're going to be so excited. And it's going to be an amazing experience. And I really hope it actually happens. Okay. So are you, are you familiar with Ghostbusters? Yes. Okay. So do you know the whole movie, like, because Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver, they get possessed, right? And they're wandering around the whole, yes. if they're wandering around the whole movie and they're asking everybody they meet, are you the gatekeeper? Are you the key master? And they're walking around asking everybody this. So my idea is that anyone who's going to be at the American Atheist Conference, if you're listening to this right now, find the Northern Indiana Atheist. There is no Godcast table. I'll be there. Just come up to the table and ask me, are you the Godcaster? And if you ask me that question, I will say, are you the shirt keeper? And if you get this shit right, you want yourself a free shirt, my friend. What do you think, Doug? Yes! I love it. I love it. All right. One, one, I love that we're rewarding someone for surviving through this entire episode, which I actually feel like it's going to be a good episode. So I think y'all are going to enjoy it. But also... 
I just really want this to happen. I want this to be someone who's innocently listening, going to the convention, giving you this phrase, and I think it's absolutely perfect. Okay, so, I love yes. it. I love that you love it. So here's here's what it is, guys. Just come up to the table and ask, are you the Godcaster? If someone comes up and asks me that, I will light up like a Christmas tree on December 25th. And uh, if, yes. you, if you ask if I'm the Godcaster, I will ask if you are the shirt keeper, and you will get a free There Is No Godcast shirt. Um, there's three of them. Um, so it's, you know, while supplies last and all that, but even if you miss out, you can still buy a shirt. I mean, that's still totally, uh, an option available. Oh to my you. God. How great is it going to be when 37 people come up to you, Noah, at this convention oh and say, are you the Godcaster? And be like, I'm sorry. You are the 38th person that has asked me that. You know what though? And then you're not that would be a great, anymore. that would be a great problem to have. I would, cause I'm seriously nerd and I'm, I'm being very transparent here. I'm being very vulnerable right now, Doug, in saying that like, I think this is kind of a fun idea and I think it's entirely possible that not a single person will like hear this. And, I know, and, so, I but like, I'm so hopeful that this hail Mary winds up in somebody's hands. Cause I'm going to give away the shirts no matter what. Like if it gets towards the end of the conference and like nobody, has you know actually what I think is the most realistic outcome if you want to be if we want to be real here is I think people who come to the table at the conference and we also printed out some um, pamphlets to hand out at the show it's entirely possible that like someone who's at the show because it's a three day conference right will like dis- oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Th- they will discover the show and they will be listening to these words that I'm speaking right now and be like oh shit I should go back to that table <laughs> and ask if he's the godcaster and get a free t-shirt. Which would be equally as great, because yes. then you know that you communicated the show properly, and you already engaged an audience member. So all of this, regardless of what happens, I believe that it will happen, um, and it's going to be great. And you so already I, ordered yours, so, I, I put, so like I, I don't have to give you yes. any crap, because you were, like I think, one of the first people <laughs> to, to get on board. And Doug, I appreciate your support, man. Right. Um, thanks for coming back on the of show. Course. I think we're going to wrap things up. I got to go to bed, man. Oh man, it's late and I'm a little bit drunk. <laughs> so, Hey, if you made it this far, yes. I don't know what is wrong with you that you listened to all of this, but thank you for sticking with us. Whether you get a free t-shirt out of it or not, I really appreciate your support. Um, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter at no Godcast. Um, check out Doug. I mean, Doug's out there on, on social media. You can find him. <laughs> I am out there and I am single. So if there's another, Hey, Hey, game, out there you come hit me up because you can come get it doug what's your twitter handle <laughs> uh my twitter well get me on instagram because you can't actually see the way i look on twitter oh am i too oh, old no. i don't even so have an my... instagram what's okay so what's your instagram <laughs> i know my instagram is d-o-f-u-r-g so doferg Hit me up on there, slide into my DMs, and let's talk. <laughs> all right, all right. You don't even have to be a gay man. You can you can be whatever you want. I just love conversation and talking. To all people, right, Doug. Obviously. Well, send me send so. me that send me that on Messenger, and I'll make sure and put that in the show notes too. Um, don't forget to support Perfect. Northern Indiana Atheist guys. Um, check out the show notes. They've got a lot of really good stuff coming up. I rambled on about all of it. I wouldn't expect you to remember it all, but if you have any inclination towards participating, join Northern Indiana Atheists. Show up at one of the events if you. You want to just dip your toe in the water and see how it feels you never know maybe you'll like it um I, that's all i've got for us this week doug um i hope everybody comes back next time on behalf of myself on behalf of doug ferguson don't stop not believing